Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Well, your San Antonio Spurs won't be back in action until tomorrow when they host the Denver Nuggets in Game 3 of their opening round playoff series. And unfortunately, they're coming back to San Antonio with a loss. Uh, the Spurs drop Game 2, 114-105 in Denver. Good news is, though, the series is tied up one apiece. So on today's show, what we're going to be talking about is, well, Game 2. What happened? Why did the Spurs uh, drop the game? And then to end the show, we're going to be talking about if there are any bright spots that the Spurs can carry over into Game 3. To do that and more, I'm joined by Two Shots podcast host himself, Joe Garcia. Joe, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. And it's been a while since you've been back, been on, buddy. Yeah, it's been a while. I've been off of social media, too, for like almost two weeks. I've been really uh, working on getting this uh, new website rolled out and stuff. So I've been busy behind the scenes. Yeah, well, you know, of course you would make your return to Lockdown Spurs on uh, on a topic that maybe you were hoping we would not talk about, and that's a loss. Joe, when you look back at Game 2, obviously the final score is all that matters. But there must have been other reasons than just the score. I mean, why? What happened? Let's, let's recap Game 2. Joe, what's the first thing that stands out in your mind? It was a tale of two halves, really. I mean, in the first half, the Spurs had outstanding ball movement. They were very aggressive going towards the rim, getting to the free throw line at will. You know, and, and it was surprising because you're getting calls on the road, which was actually helping the Spurs. And at one point, they were up by 19 points. Uh, they were very uh, fluid when it came to their offensive sets. Uh, everything was firing in all cylinders for them. They were primarily feeding LaMarcus in the middle. Uh, he was going to mm -hmm. work and just being very aggressive. And you had... Also, DeMar DeRozan playing a very good role where he was uh, being aggressive going to the rim, but he was also feeding his teammates and uh, getting them involved early. And mm -hmm. he was also able to knock down, you know, a little perimeter jump shot from about 10 to 15 foot. Um, and he, everything was, you know, looking good for the Spurs. They didn't really have to rely so much on, you know, perimeter sh jump shooting or, you know, too much of the, the, the three-point shooting from beyond the arc because everybody was just being aggressive going to the rim, especially Derek White. He came up clutch mm -hmm. again. However, Jeff, they seemed to get away from that uh, near the second quarter, uh, near the half. And, you know, from that point on, that's about all she wrote. It just got worse from then on. Yeah, it really did. Um, Joe, you know, we'll talk about any bright spots later on the show. But one thing that really aggravated me was just this, um, was how much the Spurs were just lack of aggressiveness, especially in that fourth quarter. You know, Denver went to the free throw line eight times in the final frame. The Spurs only went to the uh, free throw uh, stripe twice. And if that's anything, just the fourth quarter as a whole, 39 to 23, the defense evaporated to allow Denver, a team with potent players that can slide up the scoreboard, to drop 39 points. We all know what Jamal Murray did. He had himself a quarter uh, and basically bounced back from his bad performance in game one. And the Spurs, to me, Joe, even outside of the numbers, fine. You want to? We're going to throw numbers out left and right right now. But it's the fact they lost composure. Pop picks up a tech. They they just looked out of sorts. They look more inexperienced than the Nuggets, Joe. Yeah, but you know you got to give credit to the Nuggets too because in that at once they came out in the halftime after halftime, they made some tweaks to their defense and their offensive sets. Uh, primarily mm -hmm. on defense, they were really bothering the Spurs where. They, at one point, they were trying to take away their perimeter, you know, the interior, uh, I guess, threat 
for the Spurs, but mm-hmm. then they switched things up and then they started uh, double and triple teaming DeMar and a lot of the Spurs uh, shooters uh, from mm-hmm. beyond the arc. Right when you, you noticed that DeMar was dribbling up the, the court with the ball, really it bothered him because he couldn't pass. He couldn't get the dribble. He couldn't get in rhythm. None of the other mm-hmm. Spurs uh, shooters could get in any rhythm because they were getting double teamed. They were getting, you know, they the the Denver Nuggets were right on them. They were trying to take away the perimeter jump shots. And not only that, but the ball movement from the Spurs as well. And I think they succeeded in that regards. But another thing that they did that was quite crafty on the offensive end is for whatever reason, you know, you had Jamal Murray. He got going, <laughs> you know, he got going in a big way. So that was, you know, one of the things that the Spurs, I guess, didn't foresee because he didn't really have a good game. And all of a sudden he just came alive in that fourth quarter. But one of the other things yeah, that I did. Yeah. One of the other things I saw is Nikola Jokic. He was just kind of like putting the Spurs to sleep. You know, he was what he was doing was he was spreading the floor very nice. He would come out, mm-hmm. he would camp out beyond the arc, and he was just looking to facilitate. You know, he wasn't really looking to be the aggressor. He, if he had an open three, he was going to take it. If he had an open jump mm-hmm. shot, he was going to take it. But his job was just to camp out there and spread the floor and allow other uh, other Denver Nugget players to go ahead and beat the Spurs and be the aggressors going to the rim. And in that, they did a great job. And fortunately for the Spurs, playing that 3-2 zone, they try to cheat, you know, a lot especially in crunch time, you know, that's their version of man to man. It didn't work out quite yeah. that well. And I think that they need to do something about that because going back into the regular season and even now in the postseason, it's just not working, Jeff. So pop's got yeah. to tweak something there. Yeah. You, you look back and uh, it's, it's a lot of the little things that just went wrong for San Antonio, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, we talked about, Obviously, you know, the offensive explosion that Denver had. But all in all, there were signs that something bad was going to happen. We know the first big sign was they blew their first 19-point lead. That's right, their first 19-point lead. Joe, they had two 19-point leads that blew up in their face. So when the first one evaporated, that was already a sign of trouble. At halftime, the bench only had, San Antonio's bench that is, only had nine points. Very little production at half. Now, fortunately for the Spurs, they were winning at half, so maybe it wasn't as put as much in the spotlight as it should have been going into the second half. Needless to say, Joe, I don't think this Spurs team is still, you know, knocked out. I don't think this Spurs team is um, all, all but out of this series. No. I know we're going to talk about it in the second half, but despite all they did wrong, there were still positives. Now, Joe... A lot of fans were pointing the finger at the refs. Do you blame the refs for what happened to San Antonio in game two? I don't blame the refs. You know, I know it's the easy thing, the easy way out, you know, for a lot of Spurs fans are going to say, well, the Spurs, they got robbed by the refs. They didn't get robbed by Mm -hmm. the refs. The thing that the Spurs did is that they stopped competing at a high level, just like they were doing in the first half. You know, in the second half, they just came out flat. Mm -hmm. Things couldn't get going. And unfortunately... The only ones that you have to blame at this point are the Spurs players, the Spurs team Mm -hmm. and the coaching staff, because for whatever reason, they just didn't have an answer. And you know what? These are the one of the rare occasions, Jeff, where you can say in the second half of this game, Coach Pop, he was out coached. 
plain and simple. Mm-hmm. You know, that's basically that's what everybody saw. And I think that was so frustrating for Spurs fans that they needed a scapegoat. So it's easy to blame the refs at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Now, look, was that Popovich tech warranted late in the uh, game? Uh, yes and no. I think, yeah, maybe Pop got a little too animated, and I could see why the refs uh, pulled the uh, trigger on giving him a tee. But at the same time, you know, he was begging for a, a timeout, and they just simply didn't get him uh, get him one. But it, what's funny is to put in perspective just how much the Spurs lost their composure, after Pop's tee in the fourth quarter, Denver went on a 13-4 run. The Spurs were just mentally checked out at that point. I, I think they lost composure, and what's What's, I guess, ironic coming from the experienced Spurs, as many were saying heading into this series, was that Nikola Jokic said after the game that when the Spurs, at least periods one through three, were putting it on them, he used words like they were schooling them, uh, they were in panic mode, they were worried. The Spurs had these guys on the ropes, Joe, and they blew it. Joe, your take. Yeah, this, unfortunately for the Spurs, one of the things that we go back to not only in the in the regular season but something that we've seen here in the postseason going back to game one uh the one that they stole in in denver to start the series they have trouble closing out on the road mm-hmm. you know they played great you know in denver for you know get both games one and two unfortunately when it comes down to the latter part of the game in the third and fourth quarters specifically in the fourth quarter in crunch time they have trouble closing out this team i don't know for whatever mm-hmm. reason they start becoming a little bit uh, lackadaisical on the defensive mm-hmm. end. And they just kind of like, you know, let off the gas a little bit and let Denver start scoring at will, getting, you know, wide open, you know, three-point shots, uh, going to the rim, uh, going to the free throw line, you know, getting and ones, making stupid uh, decisions on the offensive end and defensive end. So it's mm-hmm. a number of factors. It's like when one player gets out of sorts and and doesn't compose himself and starts to panic, it seems that that type of mentality is then transferred to the rest of the team. And the one only way that that's going to get corrected is somebody's going to have to step out. And this is what I'm saying. Every playoff series, whether you're starting the first round or you're going into the, the championship round, there's defining moments. And right mm-hmm. now the Spurs are going to have to have a defining moment Somebody's going to have to step up and take that leadership role or take the team and just put them on their shoulders and just have this stellar game where they cannot be stopped and they will not be denied. We just don't know who that one person's going to be. If I have to bet right now, I'd say my money's on Derek White. This is his coming out party. And I think that something spectacular is going to happen with this young man, whether it be game three or four. But it's definitely something to look at. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, one more thing uh, about what went wrong before we go into what went right in a while. Uh, when you're looking back at game two, um, look, the Spurs, did they have themselves a bad quarter? Yes, it was. And was it a devastating quarter? It was. But it was one quarter. They, they At least for the most part, they played three good quarters. And yes, I get it. Basketball is a, is a four-quarter game, not three quarters. But there was a blueprint there. The Spurs did it and got the W in game one. They did it for almost an entire game, game two. And I look back at game two and I'm saying, okay, well, it's the little things. You, you, you know, credit Denver. 
you know, they had what 18 assists on 29 free throw makes for the game, and that's that's, that's tremendous. You know, that's just that's pretty good. Um, but all in all, I'm sorry, I take that back. That was the Spurs. The Spurs had 18 assists on 29 free throw makes, so that's a good sign right there. But nevertheless, though, I think the Spurs they just simply got to shake it off. They really, really do. You know, two 19-point leads evaporated. That hurts, but it's still they got 19-point lead, so that's a good thing. All in all, Denver stepped up. They had the players that stepped up. They had four players, Joe, with 20 points or more in the game. They didn't have that in game one. So credit Denver. Denver got it done, Joe. And Spurs, it's on their court literally for game three. Joe, any final mo- any thoughts on game two? Yeah, in game two, this, this crowd's going to have to be loud. You know, the Denver Nuggets fan base, they brought it. Even though they were booing mm-hmm. their team, they were loud. You know, they were engaged. They were excited. We need that same level of intensity from our fans here for games three and four at the AT&T Center. And for God's mm-hmm. sakes, please wear those damn T-shirts. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is when you get to the lower bowl where the, the privileged uh, like to go ahead and, and seat uh, seat themselves courtside and, and watch the the game unfold before them they are the worst they do not wear these these t-shirts it's like if they're too good for it it's like you're there watching a game you're getting excited yeah. when good things are happening but they need you to be loud the whole 48 minutes put on the shirt you know get up out of your seat yell make some noise and let your voice be heard out there on the court you know we need yeah. we need some of that you know and i think that if the spurs fans can do that the Spurs will feed off the energy. But in particular, Jeff, I'd like to go ahead and call out a few of these Spurs players, in particular, Davis Bertans. What's mm-hmm. going on with this guy? He only three points? That's not going to cut it. Patty Mills, yeah, five points. I mean, Rudy yeah. Gay, five points. I mean, and you look and you look at Bryn Forbes, five points. These guys generally don't have low-scoring games. So for whatever mm-hmm. reason, they picked an awful time to go through, through a shooting slump. And they need to wake up and you know, it's like one or done, Jeff, they need to wake up. Pop needs to go and shake them and say, go out there and start executing. Oh, there you go. Um, Joe is a little ticked off right now at a few players to close the first segment. Uh, but let's go ahead and take our first break, Joe. And we're going to get in a little, uh, in a better mood. Now we're going to be talking about maybe some bright spots that the Spurs can look back at. And, um, you know, kind of really soak in that rather than the negative. But before we do that, you need to download the Himalaya podcasting app. It's basically a curated playlist just for you. And you can also subscribe to Lockdown Spurs by using the Himalaya podcast app. All you got to do is just go to your favorite app store, look for the Himalaya app, download it. Then subscribe to Lockdown Spurs. Uh, I use it. Uh, I encourage you to use it. It's definitely user-friendly. It's just simply as downloading it, subscribing to your favorite podcast, like Locked On Spurs, and then moving forward. And you can also tell it to tell your smart device to play Locked On Spurs whenever in your car. So, again, I urge you, download the Himalaya podcast app. We are back, and I'm joined by Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast. Joe, before we get into what went right and maybe some bright spots from game two, I got a little bone to pick with you, man. How did you not see my report that one local McDonald's chain owned by a San Antonian was offering free coffee following Spurs wins, at least for the whatever games they have left? Joe, that that, that cut me deep, Joe. 
Hey, man, I've been off of social media almost for the last two weeks. I, I rarely get on and I haven't I haven't really seen much of anything. I've been busy working, <laughs> dude. That's that's yeah, that's the that's the plain and simple truth. For those of y'all who do not know and don't live in San Antonio uh, uh, for a long time, for years, um, a couple of uh, local gas stations would have free coffee following any and all Spurs wins. Well, this season, especially now in the postseason, they kind of cooled it, and uh, they're no longer doing that. Needless to say, Spurs fans went up in an uproar. It was all over, uh, at least local San Antonio social media. And then, lo and behold, right before game time, I discovered that there was a local San Antonian who owns a few uh, McDonald's who uh, is picking up the slack and is now offering free coffee for any Spurs wins, at least for whatever games they got left of this season. Go to the Spurs Zone, News for San Antonio, Fox29SanAntonio.com. It's all there. Go check it out and read where, if you are living in San Antonio, you can pick up your free coffee if the Spurs do win. And, Joe, if they do win, I want you to make sure that you mention to them that you found out from me, Joe. That's your that that's your penance, Joe. Well, they go <laughs> ahead and they give me a latte, you know, with some some cream on it. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and let them know. Hey, I... <laughs> this one's on Jeff. This one I heard this from Jeff Garcia, and he's buying yeah. this round. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about uh, what went right and basically some bright spots. Uh, Joe, I'm, I'm going to start us off. I talked about it in the first half. I'll talk about it now. Uh, I like the fact that we're able to mount two 19-point leads over Denver in Game 2. I think that's something to build on. I think that's a bright spot. The Spurs were able to, one, get the offense going, obviously, and two, hold Denver uh, on the defensive end. There's something there. Yes, they blew it, and I get that, and I know what everybody's harping on is the fact that they were able to see those leads go, but they did it twice. The blueprint is there, Joe. Your thoughts? Yeah, the blueprint is there. You know, we just have to uh, we just have to see what the Spurs are going to wind up doing, you know, moving mm-hmm. forward. Are they going to rise to the occasion and say, you know what, it's a loss. Let's put it behind us and let's just move forward. You know, we can't dwell on these things. Or is it going to be some type of lag, you know, some layover, mm-hmm. something that still stings? I hope they're able to get over that loss, learn from it and just come out. And play these, you know, two stellar games here in San Antonio with these games three and four and really put on a heck of a show for the fan base here because, you know, we're ready for something special, Jeff. I mean, it is Fiesta after all. So don't let us down, Spurs. So, Joe, is there anything positive or at least a bright spot you can carry over into game three? Uh, The thing I can uh, carry over into game three is continue to play like you did in the first half of game two and put up a 19 point lead and sustain it. You know, I'm sure that they have, they probably more than likely have learned their lesson, you know, but Mm -hmm. old habits die hard, man. The one thing that I want them to do better though, is stop playing so much ISO ball, you know, Mm -hmm. start moving that ball. When the ball sticks, bad things happen. And we've seen this time and time again, a lot of Spurs fans get irked. They get really upset. I hear it all over social media. Stop playing so much iso ball share the ball sharing is caring and it leads to victories <laughs> it's that simple you know and the spurs need to continue to do more of what's going to get them to the promised land instead of trying to go against the grain and just play iso ball that iso ball doesn't help anyone 
Well, for me, uh, one other point is that DeMar DeRozan uh, had himself a game. 31 points to lead the San Antonio in game two. It was a loss, but the fact that he stepped up offensively, I hopefully he can carry that over into game three. Joe, your thoughts? Yeah, I think he can carry that over into game three. I'd like to see him, you know, just continue to build upon what he was doing right. You know, and, and the thing is, it's mm-hmm. very simple. The, the recipe or the formula for success for this Spurs team moving forward it's just one thing, Jeff. Keep the offense simple. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be, you know, crafty or they don't have to pull, pull any of these weird offensive schemes. Just keep it simple. Share the ball. Be aggressive. You know, if, you're, mm-hmm. if your shot's not falling from the perimeter or from beyond the arc, put your head down and mm-hmm. just go straight to the rim. You're one of the best free throw shooting teams in the NBA playoffs. Get to the line. You know, Mm -hmm. you can put some points up. If you're not hitting your shots, this is the perfect way to get you in rhythm, slow the game down, and put some points up there on the board. That is one of the keys to the Spurs' victory. Use what you have as far as your strength. And one of their best strengths is their free throw shooting. It definitely is. Uh, Free throw shooting is a a premium for San Antonio. Uh, But as we mentioned in the first segment, at least in the fourth period, they were not aggressive, only going to the free throw line twice. So they need to step that up, as Joe mentioned. Uh, For me, Joe, uh, my final um, bright spot of game two is uh, simply this. And I said it before, accidentally, I'm credited to the Nuggets, but they had 18 assists on 29 uh, free throw makes. I think that's good, at least through periods one through three. So again, the first to the third, 29 free throw mates off I'm sorry uh yeah free throw mates off 18 yeah so they're they're getting it done and at least one through three Joe they had 23 free throw attempts so again another sign of aggression Joe I like what I'm seeing and as a side note too at least periods one through three they uh, they uh out rebounded Denver 43 to 36 again the foundation is there Joe they just got to put together a complete game of four quarters Joe yeah, that they do, you know, but that's been in, in short supply in the in these first two games anyway. Uh, they kind of mm-hmm. let teams get right back into the game after they're ready to just, you know, basically put them to bed, you know. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see the Spurs just, you know, if you, you smell blood in the water, attack. That's exactly. that's all that's all Coach Pop has to tell them. Attack, attack, yeah. attack, attack. Just keep on doing that over and over and over again. Be the aggressors from the get-go. Don't give them any breathing room whatsoever. And like, you know, you know, Nikola Jokic had said, if the Spurs had continued that trend, they would have put this Denver Nuggets team mm-hmm. away real quick. I mean, they were ready, they were yeah. ready to just lay down and say, we're done. But the Spurs just yeah. opened the door that little bit to give them that crack of hope and they just took off with it. But if they can yeah. correct that and just be aggressive. <laughs> They'll be able to get wins three and four here at home, go up against, uh, go back to Denver, up hopefully three and one, and, and ready to put this team to bed. I hope you're right. All right, so Joe and I are going to take our final break. We get back, we're going to put a wrap on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. We are back, and I'm joined by Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Two Shots Podcast. And Joe, you said you took uh, some time off from social media. Were you working behind the scenes with Two Shots Podcast? And if you are, tell us about it. Yeah, I was working on uh, Two Shots Podcast. I was working on getting the network up and running and revamping it. 
and I really did a complete rebuild of the website from the ground up. Now it's it it mirrors more closely what you know the new direction that we're taking, which is you know mm-hmm. going after podcasters. And if everybody anybody is interested in learning about podcasting, then please go ahead and have a look at our new website, which is twoshotsessay.com. It'll tell you everything you need to know. There you go. And Joe, where can they follow you? Well, they can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's all spelled out, T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S, at podcast. And again, that's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Joe, can you please follow Spurzone and me next time? <laughs> sure. I, I think I'm already <laughs> following you guys. <laughs> I'm just messing with Joe. Um yeah, uh, so uh, please follow Joe on Two Shots Podcast. Uh, they got some great stuff there. And if, again, with the Spurs season winding down, hopefully he's not for a while, though, but uh, in that off season, he'll have you covered uh, from entertainment news. I know he's probably gearing up for uh, Endgame that's coming out soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, his uh, Two Shots Podcast network uh, covers entertainment news, wrestling news, Spurs, football, et cetera, et cetera. So make sure to go follow Joe at Two Shots Podcast on Twitter. So for Joe Garcia, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs.